everyone, thanks for spending some time to, with us today. Uh, it, we are two months into the year almost, and we haven't done a big update about how things went last year, how things are going this year, uh, and all of a sudden we're staring down leap day this week. So I'm here with Andy Reynolds, our COO, John Boardman, our CEO, and I'm Cameron Hamilton. I'll be playing uh, World's Greatest Moderator, just talking about uh, how things are going, some topics we've been focusing on with our clients. So let's just go ahead and start out, guys, uh, talking about you know how the market uh, did last year, you know, what we're seeing this year, just some trends, what, what themes are we thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I think most, most clients are pleasantly surprised with how 2023 performed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a, a lot of that is to do with how that occurred. We, we basically had uh, the Federal Reserve come out in uh, October, I guess, yeah. and you know, at least start to lean on the idea that we would be cutting in 2024. And I think that came out a little bit more dovish than what a lot of people expected. The net result of that was really a lot more market breadth where you had you know a lot of the areas the market small cap mid cap areas that had not really participated in 23 um, do quite well to finish the year strong um, that has paused to some degree um, the inflation number that came in at the beginning of the year i think spooked the market a little bit and the number of cuts that are expected this year is has been priced down to about 75 basis points so call it three 25 basis point cuts yeah down from about half of what some expectations were early in the year. Yeah, yeah i think one and a half percent overall mm -hmm. the fed funds rate was the expectation so um you know it it's been, every every market environment's unique um 2023 had a huge percentage of the market performance attributable to a handful of stocks uh, in the tech space, which is fine because that is where a lot of the sales growth that we saw and earnings growth that occurred happened in those names. Uh, but to have a sort of a long-term healthy bull market, you know, we need that breadth to continue to expand outward. And that really is the big question, I think, for the rest of this year is right. uh, how will those seven names do? They have huge expectations built in, uh, NVIDIA being the primary one that has just done amazingly well um, but also with that comes a lot of expectations within that name so I think every quarterly report around those names will be really important what I think we need to be paying attention to are the other 493 though and just to see that those are actually seeing kind of the beginnings of a sort of recovery in their business because they really haven't seen the earnings growth and I think there's big opportunities there um, you know when you look at those magnificent seven names um, they are priced to almost perfection they, they really need to do what everyone's expecting to do or they're very well positioned to have some trouble ahead of them so can we get the market breadth and, and if you're a disciplined investor i mean oh, this is what we joked about back in not joked but <laughs> back in COVID, you know we, we were looking at some of these valuations we're like okay something has to happen or valuations just don't matter anymore That's right and over the long term valuations will matter so when you start looking at all 500 or all 1,000 or all 2,000 names, there's some names in there that look really, really interesting. Um, you know, Brian wrote about it in the commentary, Tina. Right. The, the, with basically, there's no other alternative. Nowadays, there are. And mm -hmm. we're, we're positioned in the equity markets um, where there are things that look really appetizing, um, but also in the bond markets. You know, there are bond prices that, that look good. There's yields that are starting to be a lot more pleasant for any 
fixed income investor, looking at money markets, CDs, treasuries, and we're getting some yields there. So, so you know, I think it's really important that we do see the breadth that you're talking about return back to the market. Um, and some of those names are positioned really well. But it's also important to look outside of equities for returns where, you know, for decade and a half, it was really, we had to be forced into equities to see real returns. And now with, you know, a five, five and a quarter money market, 3%-ish inflation, yeah, that's a 2% real return, which right. we haven't had in, in quite some time. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, you know, really not even talking about outside the U.S., which I think there's a um, big opportunity there. So share, share with everybody the, the chart you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, I would, we were just going through a chart earlier that was just talking about historic valuations on domestic markets versus international markets, sort of a blend developed and emerging. And uh, if you believe in mean reversion, when things sort of get you know, off out of whack, uh, that things will come back into their historic norm. Uh, international valuations are, uh, and domestic uh, valuations are about two and a half standard deviations from the norm. Um, and that goes back to 1971. So we're talking about over 50 years. Uh, so either something has fundamentally changed that that measure is no longer important, or we are sitting in a place where international markets are just abnormally cheap and basically a good price you know, to, to buy versus domestic markets. What's interesting on top of that is that in the European economy specifically, and we've also seen in the Japanese economy, um, you've actually seen some of that market breadth and actually earnings performance from some of the value sectors um, that we have not yet seen in the States. So there are, you know, some people are hypothesizing that we could end up with, um, and it's not uncommon that we would have the international markets preceding our own, you know, market performance. So I just think watching, you know, the industrials and some of the boring areas of the economy outside of tech to see if, if they follow suit with how the European markets have done, I think that's an exciting time because fundamentals seem to matter more than they have in a while in the way that the markets are behaving and that and should they, reward them well. Yeah, and they really should matter. You know, we, we it's it's fun to, you know, if you look at someone who maybe has been investing for 10 years, 15 years, it's been a kind of fun ride for lots of these big large cap growth names yeah. that maybe you're surrounded by in your daily living. But when you start looking at fundamentals, it's there's a big opportunity for value and for non-US. Um, especially if, if rates do start to come down. You know, you, you look at, well, some people invest in value names for the dividend and you look at, okay, I can own a dividend of equity or I can own a, a US Treasury. Well, the US Treasury is probably gonna outweigh the, the equity if you're investing for the income. When, when Treasuries come down, which at some point they will, and valuations and value stocks look good and the yield may be more appetizing than a, than a treasury. There's there's some definite uh, momentum that could quickly swing in either one of those two different ways. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a huge theme this year is what the path of interest rates look like. And uh, you know, let's talk about how inflation affects that and, and what we feel like we're seeing, expectations, how they've changed over time. I mean, inflation's down to 3.1 mm -hmm. you know, if you look at the CPI, uh, which is a drastic improvement from where it peaked at about nine. And that was temporary. Um, 
the Fed's really, I think, been a bit fortunate that, that inflation's come down so quickly. I don't think people expected it to occur so quickly, uh, but we've seen it sort of stick in that three, three-ish percent range for several months now with that, they have that target of two, uh, and it appears that interest rate decisions are going to be largely based on their ability to get down to two. So I think that's what a lot of economists are curious about is that are we at a sort of a new normal, is, is 3% potentially more of a baseline number that right. they need to be basing their expectations off of. But uh, it's it's been good for the consumer that prices have stopped accelerating, but they are still at an elevated level. You know, that just means they're not growing quite right. as quickly as they were before. So it's been impactful, I mean, to the consumer. Um, and you see that in uh, credit card balances and delinquencies that, you know, there are issues out there with the consumer, but we also have a really strong job market. So it's, it's, a, it's an odd um, combination of, of sort of economic data right now. Like what you also see corporate layoffs, but, but, uh, but uh, jobs continuing to grow. So it, it, it's, a, it's a weird sort of nebulous place, yeah. I think, where we sit. I think I just I wrote down the word transitory. Anybody who followed the Fed, you know, that was a very popular word a couple of years ago. And but I think it, there was some transitory Definitely. inflation, and it was longer than maybe the couple months that people were hoping for for the for that definition of transitory. But you know, supply chain inflation has there's still some issues there, but large the big bulk of things have been dealt with. Um, but this this. Inflation, you know, the Fed wants to get inflation down to two percent. We've kind of been stuck around this three percent. So, you know, the big in our in our area of what we've watched, the big discussion is over inflation and then rates. Can can we lower rates if inflation is not coming down and, and is there reflation inflation mm -hmm. back up? Um, those two are really going hand in hand, and and Jerome Powell is very adamant on not not lowering too soon. Um, you know, he was on 60 Minutes a month ago or so, and I think he's willing to, to walk the fine line of holding on for too long, knowing that you, it could lead the economy into places we don't want to be, versus the alternative of, you know, letting up on, on the rates too soon. Um, the consumer, you, you kind of mentioned the consumer. I, I've talked to a lot of clients about this, and I, I think the, the big question is with the economy, are we slowing and, and there's big concerns over 2023 there would be this big recession 2024 there's going to be this recession those, those words have largely diminished um, in the media but the i think the big debate is are, are we a slowing economy and you know where we will continue to slow or are we a more normalizing economy and, and still knowing that the world looks different than it did five years ago and this we're not going back to that you know there are new jobs that have been created that you know influencers social media um, th those jobs probably aren't going away and that's different um, so I think there's still a big debate on data looks really good we're starting to see a, a couple weird things with the consumer you know 90-day delinquencies on a couple of things have gone up pretty drastically quarter over quarter um, but historically not incredibly high. Um, but that trend is, is eye-opening, something to be looking at. Um, but I think the biggest debate is, are we slowing and continuing to slow, or are we just normalizing, trying to figure out what the new economy looks like? Yeah, I think you know, the, the, the interesting thing about the backdrop right now is that you know, housing has 
slowed, but home prices are not falling. I think you've seen some weakness in some of the hotter areas and jobs are still readily attainable. And so those two aspects of someone's personal life tend to sort of dictate their optimism or pessimism on, on the world and, mm -hmm. and opportunity. Um, so we've had this backdrop where the Fed was essentially trying to sort of throw pain at the economy and the consumer businesses to slow it down. But those two aspects of, of it have have sort of held their own even against that. It's, it's, it's been a fascinating environment. Now, we could see you know, some of those things happen sort of in a lagging manner where we don't necessarily see them on the front end. Um, but uh, I think that has, when I say the Fed's been lucky, fortunate, I think they were strategic, but I think the fact that those two aspects of people, per, people's personal lives have maintained their strength has allowed them to cool the lending environment, so to speak, and slow down the money supply acceleration. Um, that keep the consumer relatively formidable. I mean, we see those issues with um, with uh, delinquencies and credit card balances, but consumption, you know, through the end of 23 was still relatively strong. Right. Yeah. And, they, and they weren't higher than if you zoom out 10 years. No. You know, they're, they're, they're still relatively low mm -hmm. to a historical level. It's just, where are we going next? I will say, you know, working with clients and hearing from clients, it does sound like there's more, you know, there, there was a lot of COVID money in the economy and people spending and pent up demand. And then I think all that was done. And then kind of the, the fall over from that into the next year and people kind of kept, kept this pace. I think I've seen with clients and just observationally out, out and about, it seems like people are looking in the mirror a little bit more and, and just not necessarily I'm, I'm forced to stop spending but more of okay we've had a couple of years of this really fun stuff we, we did the house renovation we, we bought the cars that were ungodly expensive um, now it's just more of trying to get back to some type of discipline uh, and, and i think that's healthy you know that's what we need we, we need the a good economy is one that ebbs and flows ups and up and down but our highs aren't too high our lows aren't too low and if the consumer can have a little bit of self-reflection we are a consumer-based economy, so we need to spend, but not spend too much and, and not get too low. I mean, that, that is the soft landing that everyone's hoping for. And I think businesses are doing the same. I mean, I think the corporate layoffs, which you tend to see, you know, after some type of an economic slowdown, I think a lot of these businesses are um, just leaning up, for lack of a better phrase, you know, and that, although terrible for the people that, you know, have have lost their job, what tends to follow that is, uh, particularly if the economy shows improvement, if we end up sort of easy monetary policy, that many of those companies will be prepared to be more profitable in the sort of the next chapter, you know, when we get when we get to that environment. And I do think if there if there is a recession, if there is, which there will be at some point, but if there is in the near future, or if there is this big economic slowdown, this has to be one of the most anticipated and prepared for yeah. economic slowdowns in history. So, now that it won't happen, uh, very well could, and there's definitely some changes underlying the economy, but um, I don't know a single person who's not thinking about this or anticipating, and there, and, and there may be a, a storm underneath that we don't yeah. know yet, um, but it's typically the surprises that get us, not the anticipated 
things that, that we're trying adamantly to deal with. Yeah, I mean, like the banking crisis last year with Silicon Valley, I mean, that was, in, in hindsight, seems obvious. You raise interest rates that you're going to have people take hits on their fixed income portfolios. I don't think that anyone predicted that as being an acute issue that could potentially have a ripple effect, you know, through the entire banking environment. So there, when you make drastic change, which the rate of increase was so swift, it's hard to not expect something to break. I think mm -hmm. the fortunate thing, knock on wood, is that so far that's been really the, the, the major crisis that this economy's had to face, you know, in that tightening environment. Yeah, and just having rates higher for longer being the expectation now with you know the idea that some people came into the year year thinking we could have a percent and a half down on the policy rate. Now maybe expectations are half that. That's been the big governor on a lot of this economic activity. But what happens if we do see the Fed um, say, okay, we feel like the medicine has run its course, but we haven't increased unemployment, so now we can lower ratio, what does that do with activity and cash that's out there right now? It's a really good question. Um, you know, I think the, and it depends on the banker you talk to. I mean, I think the banking environment's been challenged because mm -hmm. people are just not accustomed to these borrowing rates. Um, so I think it's just naturally gonna slow activity. So I would think that that would help stimulate a little bit of economic activity. What's ironic about that is that higher rates tend to be better for banks um, because they can increase their spread mm -hmm. between deposits and loans. But the problem is short-term rates are higher than the intermediate-term rates, so they're having to pay a lot on cash. So rates coming down with a normalized rate curve where short-term rates are lower than longer-term mm -hmm. rates, I think that would be really conducive to a, to a nice you know, backdrop for several years potentially. We've been in this inverted environment for a while, and it's... It's, it's goofy, um, it, it, it causes a lot of strange behavior. So money that's gone into short-term treasuries, as an example, mm -hmm. where is that gonna find itself? As you were mentioning with the dividends, you know, mm -hmm. trailing those, right? I mean, I think the dividends on a lot of value stocks are paying in the two, two and a half range. Right. But if you can get four and a half percent on a fixed treasury, it might be short term, right. but it's hard to not take that opportunity. I think you're seeing a lot of that. I think there is a lot of behavioral finance and mental accounting um, that is being done right now with the rates and you know borrowing costs. Um, you know, I was talking with a client who they're looking to do a three hundred thousand dollar home renovation. They're going to put two hundred thousand cash and borrow a hundred, and they're like, well, "I'm not doing that for eight percent." Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, materially over their life, if it's eight or if it's four, it doesn't matter. Probably not. But the mental accounting of just kind of pumping the brakes with where rates are now. You know, talk to people who want to move, but they're waiting for rates to come down to start looking. Mm -hmm. So I think there could be economic activity that really picks up, which may ultimately is that good or bad? You know, does that how does that was that to to the housing market? Was it to inflation? Um, I think I think that's something the Fed is really thinking about and looking at. Not that they have any insight really that we don't have, but. Um, I, I think that's a that's a big risk to the reinflation to inflation going back up after sure you know it's come down we thought we we're out of the woods and then all of a sudden you know it, it goes I mean there's a lot of cash on the side oh, yeah. personal and businesses and business you know uh, investment has has slowed as well so I think both of those you you can see a, a quick reinfusion 
right of capital right uh, yeah and so you know, you're talking about treasuries and uh, you know I personally have a lot more clients holding those right now than we did a year ago um, so that's one thing I'm going to be focusing on with my clients this year is just over the decisions we've made to try to take advantage of some opportunities over the last year how do we need to be thinking about those as we think about their cash flow and what they're trying to do long term right now so that's my takeaway that I'm thinking with, with people a lot right now. What, what are, do our clients need to be focusing on as we wrap up here? I think just discipline. I mean, I think it's easy to chase what was great last year mm -hmm. and just remain disciplined. And I think, you know, diversification, although it doesn't work in every year, I think it feels like we're stepping in an environment where some of these other asset classes have a real opportunity to perform. So I think consistency, discipline on emotional decision making, that, that goes a long way. Um, and, uh, and I think environments like we've come out of can coach people away from that. So mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of what, you know, I think we all need to be encouraging our clients to do. No, I agree. And my word was intentionality. You know, yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting couple of years. You know, 2022 wasn't fun post-COVID and markets did well. Uh, 2023 was great. I think looking at year-end statements and feeling like, oh, things are good, things are back, you know, we're good, let's move on, we'll see you next year. I think just intentionality around what you're doing, you know, looking for opportunities to make yields on on low risk assets. Make sure you have enough low risk assets for near term liquidity. Um, you know, being disciplined with with what you're trying to do. I think in today's world, it's sometimes easy to get distracted with with other parts of life, and life's going by fast. So just intentionally try and figure out what what do you need to accomplish, and then what do we need to do to to get that done. And lean on us. That's what we're here for. I mean, there's no conversation we don't enjoy. So mm -hmm. call us with anything you have, any questions, thoughts, concerns. Involve us. Involve us early. Um, I always feel like we can provide the best guidance the earlier we get involved in things. Yeah. All right. I think that's a great way to wrap it up is, uh, you know, here's how we're thinking. And uh, if anything made a light bulb go off in your head, just give us a shout. Thanks for spending some time with us today.